Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. I'm not sure what to say about living through history at this moment in time. I live in California where virtually all schools are doing remote learning. I know my podcast reaches out of California, so hopefully not everyone has to deal with the issues I'm going to go talk about in this podcast. We never expected to be having distance learning due to a worldwide pandemic. We certainly have to get through to the other side, and we will get through it. This podcast is meant to give you some food for thought in setting up your family for success with remote learning. You all know how I love practical parenting, so I'm going to start with the physical setup ideas of how to get things going smoothly, and then move on to things like setting up routines and family rules and how to keep things fun and flexible. So let's dive in. Lots of you have already started your distance learning this school year. So just listen for some ideas to make adjustments if you've got some bumpy areas going. The first is the physical learning area. I'm sure your school has already recommended you set up a quiet and organized area for your student with a desk and a chair, not a bed. Having bins or shelves with supplies can really help keep things organized so your child doesn't get frustrated trying to find different items during school. If at all possible, you want to make sure that the table height and chair height are appropriate for the size of your child. Kids sitting in adult-sized chairs for long periods of times can be really uncomfortable and distract from learning. If you're on a limited budget, you might ask your school if you can borrow a desk for the duration of the online learning. One of the biggest helps for learning at home is to get rid of distractions, meaning toys and stuff from the work area. One family I work with has the option of having their kids in their bedrooms with a desk and supplies. To prepare, they spent the week before school clearing out any visible toys from around the study area. Their son loves Legos, so that meant not only Legos off the floor, but also off the shelves and out of the room. Another family with a first-grade daughter found that even though she was blessed to have her own room, that it wasn't going to work for them. It was too hard to pack up all her toys and too far away from mom watching over her. She was really young. They got creative and set up a workspace on the dining table using one of those tri-fold poster boards, those cardboard boards, to create her own little cubby area. They even had her decorated. She had all of her supplies nearby, but also a buffer from things like people walking around in the house. If your child is in a public space, you might want to try to create cardboard barrier like that. Lastly, you also need to minimize other types of distractions, like the family pets and siblings who are babies or toddlers who might cause disruptions not only for your student, but for the entire online classroom. Your child's teacher will often help manage some distractions, but please, please discuss not having noises like eating, doing the dishes, vacuuming, cooking, and such going on while your student is learning and trying to concentrate. Next, we're going to talk about how to get a quiet environment. Lots of families are using headphones to block out noises from the home while helping to keep the kids focused. I love the idea. If you have the flexibility, have your child select the headphones. If they aren't comfortable, you might try different types or figure out another location in your house that they can be alone and not have to have headphones on. It might be challenging, though. I talked to a mom who felt it odd that she can't hear what's going on in her daughter's classroom since the headphones block out what the teacher is teaching and what other students are saying. She'd really like to listen in, 
But she had to remind herself that if this was a real classroom, she wouldn't be able to do that. We do need to trust our teachers and let our kids know we're here to assist, not attend school with them. If you have an older student, you might run into another issue with headphones. One student objected to their very functional headphones because they didn't look cool enough, so she didn't want to use them. But it disrupted the whole family when she didn't use them since her sister and parents were also working from home. What do you do with that? Well, we should show empathy for that child and allow them to use their own money to purchase any other headphones they deem more appropriate. You provide the basics is what I'd recommend and allow them the flexibility to use their own money to upgrade if they want to. Now, some families are finding that kids need to have different locations throughout the day or week to keep things fresh. It's really hard for kids to sit in one place for a long time, so they are getting out of their chairs and wandering around when things get boring or hard. Maybe they do online in one location, but do their required reading on their bed or a comfortable chair. If you have multiple kids who need some variety in location, set up a schedule of who goes where when. Maybe one location is the kitchen table and another is more private, like a bedroom. If both kids want the same location, feel free to ask them how they'd like to rotate, daily, weekly, or maybe even every uh, throughout the day. Let them have input, if at all possible. You know I love family meetings, and this could be a topic for your family. If you have other areas of your home, feel free to use them as long as they're set up ahead of time. One family is working to figure out how to rotate to the backyard picnic table while the weather is still nice for a few hours a day. It might take some trial and error to figure out how long and what time of day, but it's worth a try. You allowing for flexibility in keeping kids engaged in fresh ways to learn is really helpful. Next, keeping devices charged and ready to go is super important. When devices fail, families get crazy stressed out with anxiety about missing out on work or being embarrassed that they aren't online when everyone else is. Many families are finding that chargers with extension cords or power strips that remain plugged in all day and night works best. If you ask me, the rule should be, if your kid is online, they should be plugged in. You also need to make sure video, audio, and connectivity is working. Somebody should test these out probably 30 minutes before class starts in the morning. If you have a child in third grade or higher, they should be the one testing everything out. If there are problems, work with them to train them on what was done to fix the problem. Some schools have special hotlines set up for students and parents to call for technical assistance. If you're fortunate to have that support, have the number or web address printed out on a paper and posted somewhere really obvious so that you can call or email without a struggle if you need outside help. With school starting up, this issue is probably the most stressful for just about every family I talk to. Prepare for problems and know what you'll do if they happen. Now I want to talk about online safety. If you've listened to my podcast on screen time issues, episodes 11 and 12, you know how highly I press home the point to keep all electronics in public places. Well, for some of you with multiple kids, learning at home in addition to adults working from home, you might have to compromise and let kids work in their bedrooms, sometimes even with the door closed. 
in this difficult time, I think we need to be flexible. I think it's fine to revise some of those screen time rules, but not throw them out the window. During the times of the day that online learning is happening, room time, screen time is fine. Once online learning is done, all devices come out of the rooms or get powered down. If that doesn't happen and you find your kid on YouTube or Fortnite, make sure you have consequences defined just like you have in the digital contract for your home that was talked about in the Screen Time podcast. I would also recommend letting everyone know that once we return to in-person learning, that the family screen time rules will go back to being what they were where no screens go in the bedrooms. Mention that every so once in a while so that it's not a big shock when the rules are imposed again later on. And just to let you know how serious this is, I already heard from one school that they had to deal with a fifth grade boy logging on to porn during class time. It was accidental, but he did. And just imagine what can happen if you left the device in the bedroom day and night with no supervision. Now I want to move on to how to keep things running smoothly in your home now that all the physical scuff got established. We're going to establish clear routines so that everyone knows what to expect. It's not a jumble every day. Have a daily schedule not only for academics that most schools already are providing, but also for family routines. When does everyone wake up, eat breakfast? Make it be as much like real school as possible. You don't have to get out the door, but being in your seat and having guidelines for getting there is really helpful to everyone. Do the same for after school and bedtime routines so that things feel normal. You might also want to post the routines on a bulletin board in your kitchen or on the fridge or something like that so that you or your kids can refer to them. In addition, have a weekly schedule to show assignments and assessments, plus other fun activities both with school, family, and friends. Have your child make the schedule if at all possible. I found a fun resource on Pinterest that I'll include in the show notes that has some blank daily and weekly schedules, and even some fun signs that your kids can print out so they can let others know if they're online or taking a test or something like that. But do stuff in order to help support a normal routine in your house. Next, I want to talk about setting up regular check-in times with your child, especially if they're in elementary school. In the morning, it could be just over breakfast, but go over what subjects are they working on today, any tests or assessments coming up, what resources do they need, and what can mom and dad do to help. Do that in the morning as you before they head off to their school. At the end of the day, it might be right after online learning ends, but it could be at dinner or even before bedtime. Ask, how did it go? How far did they get in their tasks and their homework? What did they discover? And what did they do great Don't forget to ask them what went really well today and what was hard. And I call those growth opportunities so that maybe tomorrow we could, what we want to ask what we could do to make tomorrow go better. Most reports I have from high school students and their parents is that the students are tracking their own schedules, but parents should still lovingly check in every so once in a while to see how things are going. Another area to assist with is time. Time is a tricky thing. If you're too young to tell time, 
it can be stressful to know if you're on time. If you're older, you can get distracted and not even look at a clock. Using timers and alarms can be a godsend. Figuring out if you need an alarm for a specific time like 8.30 a.m. to get online versus setting a countdown timer that shows how much of a 90-minute session is left can be really helpful. One family told me their son was so anxious about getting back online after lunch that he was shortchanging himself the time allocated to lunch. Setting an alarm really helped him, but a countdown timer that starts at noon and counts down to 60 minutes can work too. Ask your child and experiment with what works for them. You can get timers from Target or Amazon or download timer and alarm apps from the internet. Another thing you want to do is encourage independence. There are a few things you can do to help with that. First, let the teacher teach. Don't assume you have to do the teaching. Yes, you might answer a question or two, but you don't need to learn how to teach algebra. That's what the teacher's for. Next, let your child do their own work. The more you can let your child own their own education, the better off everyone will be. Training your child to take care of their schedule and devices and schoolwork is where we need to head. Let them make mistakes and you be around to help problem solve. From what I've heard, kids who are in fourth grade and older are doing pretty well understanding that their school is their school and they don't need a parent hovering very much at all. Lastly, train them to ask their teacher for help. Let them ask the teacher for help. Don't step in and ask the teacher for them. Show them how to ask for help. Model it for them. Model anything and everything they need to be successful. Don't do things for them if at all possible. You need, if you do feel that you need to talk to the teacher, make sure that your child's around to participate. When school isn't in session, try to look for creative opportunities to include learning in the rest of the day. Take, for instance, cooking. You could include math, science, or reading. You know, you have to measure things. It has fractions. You have to weigh things. You need to read recipes. You guys could make cookies together or dinner or make sourdough bread. Just make anything and include your kids in it. Yeah, another thing that could be a good learning opportunity is laundry. Yep, you can use math. You can count socks. You can do matching and sorting and things like that. Gardening can involve science. Vacuuming or sweeping could count as P.E. Just have fun, though. Don't make it a, a work environment, but have fun. The other thing it would be really helpful to have is ideas ready in the event that things are going sideways with either the learning or the environment. If they can't connect, make sure they know there are options of other things they can do. Keep a list of those nearby so that you can find them easily. If they can't read yet, make picture posters of ideas. But the point is that you are prepared with things to do. And I'll put some links to my Pinterest pages that have activity ideas too. But if things go down, meaning your environment isn't working, make sure that your kids have something to do so that you can do your own work. The last point I want to go over is tying in what some of you heard in episode 17. I encouraged families to come together as a team to solve challenges so that burdens are shared and solutions are celebrated. We need to do this with distance learning issues. When problems arise, you need to lead your family to solutions. 
Here are some topics that I've run across in my discussions with parents lately, and they probably a few that affect all of you. Quiet times. When are they? When can people run the dishwasher or play music? When can you interrupt mom and dad when they're working? Is it any time of the day or a set time of the day? How are interruptions done? Is there a signal? One family has their kids slide a note under the office door to let dad know they need help. Another family can see mom through a glass door to her office, and they stand quietly outside till mom can give them a hint about how long it'll be till she can see them. How are emotions handled? If there are problems that are serious, how can everyone keep their wits about them? What can we put in place if the work gets hard for our kids to let off some steam? Or if they're bored? Time with friends. Is there a schedule, a time limit? Can they meet their friends online to play a game? Or do they have to form a pod with a few other families so that they can see each other in person? What are the rules for meeting in person? How can it be safe? Special time with parents per kid. When can each kid have some special time with mom or dad? What schedule can work for your family to make sure that you have time to connect? I want to tell you about a single mom who reached out to me at her wit's end. Her fifth grade son was getting so bored with his online school during the day that he'd constantly get up to get snacks, go to the bathroom, do art or Legos. He wasn't paying attention. It was so frustrating for mom who was trying to get her own work done. Now, when we're upset, our brains often go offline and we just can't even think straight. After chatting with her for a while, it became obvious that she needed to set up a family meeting and go over some of these challenges. They needed to solve them together. The two of us brainstormed a bit so that she'd have some ideas for the meeting. We talked about if there were other locations rather than just the kitchen table that her son could be at, where mom was also trying to work and couldn't get anything done with her son roaming around. They are in an apartment, so there aren't many options. But no one was using one of the bedrooms, and there was a balcony available. Could they work something out so that he rotated to different areas throughout the day? He also had a really great teacher, and we talked about how they could enlist her help in either coming up with more challenging work or different ways to engage her son so that he didn't get so bored. Also, maybe there are some quiet toys he can keep nearby that will keep him in his seat, or maybe even set up a no-snacks-till-recess rule. It'll be trial and error for a bit, but at least they can be a team to tackle the boredom problem so that mom can get back to the work that she needs to do, and so can he. The final and most important thing I want to go over is that you know what is right for your child. Some kids will be emotional roller coasters with anxiety. Please be gentle and be flexible in this challenging time that none of us have ever been through before. Nobody expects parents to replace classroom teachers, and no one expects children to perfectly mimic a classroom situation at home. Positive intentions, love, consistency, and grace will go a long way towards helping us all survive this period of isolation and emerge as better people on the other side. Hang in there. I hope this was helpful. If you'd like to spend some time brainstorming your challenges with me, I'm happy to assist. 
You can either email me at mary at parentingdecoded.com or join my Facebook group called Parenting Decoded and post your issues there for others to learn from. It's a private group, and if you have any trouble joining it, just email me. That's all for now. Take care and be safe. Have a blessed rest of your day.